Hello, everybody, and welcome to All Queued Up, your review podcast tied to streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Prime, HBO Max, Disney Plus, etc., etc. I'm your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always is Maya Don Fisher. How, how's your week been? You know what? It's not been horrible, but the upcoming week is going to be extremely busy. That's um, all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a brief rundown. Like, we're recording today, May the 4th. Uh, Wednesday. Uh, tomorrow, Doctor Strange comes out. Well, um, tomorrow I have to go to Abingdon, which is 90 minutes away, uh, and I have a therapy session. I have to do therapy once in person, once every six months. The rest of the time I can do it via telehealth, like we're doing right now um, with my therapist, which is cool. But, you know, once every six months for insurance purposes, I have to go in person. So I was like, ah, oh, man. But then I was like, but Dr. Strange. So <laughs> there's actually a 3 p.m. showing of Dr. Strange tomorrow. And I got my therapist to bump my appointment up to 1.30 because she's like 20 minutes from the theater. Uh, so therapy from 1.30 to 2.30. And then I get to go and watch Dr. Strange and come home. And then Friday, I have to drive two hours. Well, not me personally drive. Misty's got to drive me two hours over to Johnson City so I can get another session of laser hair removal done. And uh, then after that, we're going to, we're taking Madison with us uh, because her birthday's this weekend. She's going to be 15, man. Can't believe I got a 15 year old kid now. But we're taking her with us. And after my laser hair removal, we're going to go over to the Sean and Sheena's and hang out with them and their kids and all of us go to dinner uh, and enjoy that. And then Saturday's free comic book day. So of course I'm going to look and see what paints I need uh, or other things and then go to the comic book shop and get free comics and talk to my friend who's the owner and, you know, uh, see who I run into up there. And then I'll, who knows what we'll do for Madison's birthday. We still, we keep asking her, what do you want to do? Nothing. What do you want yeah. for your birthday? Nothing. But yet, every 16. time I get a package, 15. 15, she'll sorry. Be, yeah. Every time I get a package the past week, which has been about three times to be fair, she's like, oh, there's birthday presents for me? And I'm like, you said you didn't want anything. Oh... I'm like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> You're uh, you, age. What, I was gonna say what she wants you to do is to surprise her with something. Yeah, I don't know what though, because she. That's is, the yeah, because she she's yeah yeah. She, I know what she, gonna say. she she won't tell us anything yeah. that she's into or likes or like. It's like, hey, what shows are you watching? Nothing. You're watching something. I hear the fucking theme music. What is it? <laughs> Just an anime. Which one? What's the name of it? You wouldn't know it. I was like, oh my God. Just fucking tell me. <laughs> it drives me nuts. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, you know, had a good week. I'm excited about the stuff coming up this week. Uh, you know, uh, how's your week been? Busy, very busy. Um, just doing a lot of stuff with uh, my dad because 
of the, the, the current medical issues. So, uh, don't get too deep into that, but yeah, it's been, it's been, it's just been busy. So, um, but I did get to, I bought uh, Switch Sports, which is basically the predecessor to Wii Sports. You mean the follow up? Because Wii Sports would be the predecessor. Well, where am I? Successor. Jesus. That too. I think you guys can see where this is going. Because, like, it's, it's not the same game. Like, it has different models for the characters. It doesn't use Miis, and it's, you know... But it is motion-controlled sports, much like the Wii Sports stuff. So, so um, you have to take your Joy-Cons loose and play with them? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to give the game a break today just because this shoulder is a little tense from bowling and destroying everybody. Uh-huh. Bowling. It's, dude, it is fun. Even like, jerking it. His shoulder's tired from jerking it so much. That's what it is. I recorded Greg's a video. Sexual, Greg's a, he, I, no, we can't show you jerking it on the fucking stream. It's not what I'm showing, you weirdo. Okay. You know, Nintendo's going to take us down now. <laughs> Oh no! Watch me six nine split. Split though. A six nine split. Oh, nice nice spare. That's impressive. I was very happy about that. What the hell is this clip? Let's find out what this clip is. I recorded it. It must have been good. Oh, it's another fucking amazing version. Did you ever play Wii Sports? Nope, never did. But I used to bowl a lot, and I used to be pretty decent. But I haven't tried bowling since I lost my leg, and that's one thing that I really, really miss doing that I really want to try to do. Because when you're releasing the ball, your plant leg is the opposite of your throw leg. So my plant right. leg is still my good leg. What's funny I probably won't have a fluid motion like I used to have, but God, I want to try bowling again, man. I was gonna say, um, I, I've been wanting to go bowling for a while now, but uh, you and I wouldn't be able to bowl together unless it was through a game like that. But I actually play, uh, um, I play that sitting down because I don't have arms on this chair, so I just kind of. But there's other sports in the game. There's other sports in the pack. There's uh, volleyball, which is all about timing, like hitting it up, or or like um, when you go to spike, you throw the controller up like this and then slam it down to do the spike. Um, and that's how people are fucking breaking their TVs again, all over again, like they were 15 years ago. That's why it comes with a fucking wrist strap. People are dumb. We controllers came with a fucking wrist strap too, and they just people are dumb. Um, people are dumb. There's a uh, uh, news flash. Badminton, tennis, Shambara, which is basically just sword fighting. Uh, um, let's see, bowling, volleyball, tennis, Shambara, badminton, which is actually a lot more fun than it sounds. Um, and what's the last one? Oh, soccer. And soccer is interesting because it it's basically like a cross between fall ball and fall guys and Rocket League. 
Huh. Yeah, because it, it uses the motion controls, but only to kick the ball. So, uh, you know, this way we'll kick the ball to the left. That way we'll kick the ball to the right and up kicks it into the air. So if you're running down the field, do you have to just take your hand and waggle it back and forth like this? No. So in this hand, you have the the the, the left Joy-Con and you use it as the joystick to run your character around. And the shoulder button does um, sprint. Mm-hmm. And then in this hand, uh, B will jump and the other button will like set up a pass to to you know set it up to, to pass to another player um but you have to waggle it to kick the ball that's it huh. so it's it's fun it's very fun i've been playing the hell out of it actually that's why i said i gotta give it a break because this muscle's like hey go fuck yourself and i'm like yeah i get it um but yeah i enjoy, I enjoy it a lot uh also saw uh, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, which... Oh, yeah. The new Nicolas Cage movie where he's playing basically himself. Yeah, so so the general plot is that Nick Cage, as, as an actor, is not getting any good roles. He's getting a bunch of shit movies, and he really wants that big one again, that next Con Air, the next Gone in 60 Seconds, you know, and he's just not getting it. And... Um, vaguely uh, familiar there's a point yeah there's a hundred percent a point to that and he decides after like a, a basically a really bad day specifically that he's going to retire from acting and that he'll take this last job for a million dollars which is to go to some like remote island that's controlled by a very sovereign government um and uh go to some birthday party uh it turns out that the uh the CIA or FBI, I don't remember which, has been watching this guy that Javi, played by uh, Pedro Pascal, um, for months now because uh, he's a uh, ruthless like drug and arms lord. Um, so they rope Nick Cage into helping them take him down. And hijinks ensue. The movie is funny. It's got a lot of funny parts in the beginning. Um but it doesn't fucking start popping off until it's Nick Cage and Pedro Pascal on screen. I don't know what oh, it is yeah. about those two specifically, but man, the movie got insanely funny with those two. So, like, I'm definitely interested in this movie. I just, it's not one where I'm going to rush to see it in theaters because, well, the only good theater is. Uh, almost two hour drive away and it's also not fucking cheap i mean you mentioned to to me yesterday that you paid 15 dollars for your ticket to see dr strange yes um our tickets were 13 something a piece so that's for a matinee 3 p.m showing i think it's also because it's dr strange like it's not you know i think if because that's the thing is i paid seven dollars for unbearable way to massive talent uh yesterday when i saw it but you know and that's that is matinee. that was a matinee like discounted price so normally matinees for us are like 10 50 but i was surprised to see that this one was 13 something what about that shitty uh theater that's closer to you are they cheaper not that i'm suggesting you go i'm just asking if they're cheaper Oh, they're cheaper. 
They are, but That's... I used to work for the owner, and the owner used to also be my landlord, and he fucked me over on more than one occasion, both professionally and personally, and I'll never give him a dime of my money again. Well, there's it's not only that, dude, but like... <clears throat> The theater is shit. It doesn't have the reclinable seats. It doesn't have like the amenities that you want at a theater. You know, if you're going to go see a movie, you want to have a good, comfortable situation. And I want to have a good quality picture. I want good quality sound. So and paying a little bit more and going out of your way is a better option than than catering to an asshole. There you go. Yeah. So that's all uh, I was. But I was just asking if it was cheaper. Not. Any any other reason it's it's that. it's cheaper, but I'm also a firm believer in you get what you pay for. Oh yeah, yeah, same here. <clears throat> I mean, hence the collection behind me. I mean, that's thousands of fucking dollars, thousands <laughs> of dollars. Just those, just just those five right above me, those three on that shelf, and the two on that shelf. Those five Dinobots. One thousand dollars between those five. Um, good lord, good lord, yeah, they, when they came out, they were 200 bucks a piece. I got one for 140, but the one that I hadn't been able to get for the past three years that I get just got last this this week, um, I got it for 260. He sells easily on the secondary market for over 400. I just got lucky, somebody was just like desperate for cash. Steel mint in the box. He had never been taken out. He still had like the little foam inserts and plastic protectors for the paint for shipping. Still in the thing. He had only opened it up to look and inspect its contents. And I was like, two sixty shipped. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> um. Well, also, uh, uh, before we get into our reviews today, um. Uh, today, as of recording this, is Star Wars Day, which I love Star Wars Day. Star Wars Day is awesome. But the only thing that bothers me the fuck out of today is everyone sounds like a fucking Jedi with a lisp. Or like if King Candy from Wreck-It Ralph was suddenly a Jedi Master. May the fourth be with you! Like it fucking... I don't know why it bothers me so goddamn much, but it really does. Because there's a lot of casuals out there that aren't big Star Wars fans or even Star oh, Wars fans at all that cash in on it and take I advantage don't know. of it and do it. That's not. I don't think that's what bothers me. It bothers me that people say, instead of just saying, like, may the Force be with you, which is great, they're saying, may the Fourth be with you. And it just, it, it just sounds so fucking bad. That's why I think I hate it. But Lucasfilm started the trend. No, no, no. I, I, dude, trust me. I, it's, it's not the day itself that bothers me. It's that, that people say, may the fourth be with you. And it just sounds like a goddamn lisp. That's it. That's literally it. <laughs> like, That's fair. The day itself doesn't bother me. I don't mind having a Star Wars day. That's great. And it being tied to May 4th. Is awesome. I think that's really clever. It's like having March 10th be Mario Day. But yeah. Everyone sounding like they have a lisp is so weird to me. What would you do if you woke up tomorrow and everybody in the world had a lisp all of a sudden, but you didn't? 
everybody had a fucking list. weirdo. I'd be the one. I'd be the one with the speech impediment at that point. If everyone has a list, then the list doesn't exist, and I'm the one with the speech impediment. What what would it be if it's not a lisp? But everybody has a lisp but you, so there's therefore it's not a lisp anymore. It's just normal. What would you call it then if it's not a lisp? Well, I think I think at that point, if it suddenly happened and everyone suddenly had a lisp, but the day before they didn't and they know that, that's a whole different kind of worms right there. Then I'm I'm the one, I'm I'm the I'm the I'm the chosen one. Um, but if it's oh, like, you're not chosen for shit. It's just a random thing. Nobody remembers that they used to talk like you do now. They just wake up and it's just that everything I, that, is normal to them. I don't know what it would be called, but I, 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 you could say that I have a lisp. If everybody for the in the history of the world talked with a lisp, but I didn't. That reminds me of Monty the, Python, the history of the world. <laughs> Even though but, I know that's Mel Brooks, but with the lisp, I was thinking, dicketh, dicketh. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that they told the guards, like the actors, to not laugh or anything like that. And then, um, I can't think of the guy's name. Uh, the actor that was doing Biggest Dickest. Like, he, he, he noticed that the guards were trying really hard to not laugh. So he just, like, improved immediately, went into it, started fucking with them. And they kept that shit in the goddamn movie. Yeah. That movie's so good. Um, sorry, biggest ticket. Uh, so what you okay? What you're asking is what would it be called if I was the one with the speech impediment and everyone else had what we consider today a lisp, and it's always been that way? Then I think it might still actually be called a lisp, but I'd be the only one to pronounce it correctly. Now, if you're oh. asking, if you're asking if I woke up one day and everyone had a lisp and I had memories of no one having a lisp, but the world was like, what are you talking about? You're the only one that's ever had this speech impediment. Uh, I might go insane. Yeah, I think that's an option. I mean, I just threw it out there. What if? Oh, I, I love hypotheticals. I fucking love hypotheticals. Like you'll always get me talking about a hypothetical. Because there's so many options in that. Like there's so many ways there, there's angles to go and they're fun. Like they're just fun to think about. This is why I love the game uh Would You Rather? You can kind of play with it. Not in public yeah. though, that's what gets you arrested. Well, if you're acting it out, yeah. Not what I mean. I, I said I said you're just playing with it. And I said not in public. Oh. That's why his shoulders sore. I don't know. How do you how do you jack off? Because I don't I don't like <laughs> it's not how it works. My forearm would be sore. I don't, I don't think that's an appropriate question for you to ask me. <laughs> I'm not actually asking. I'm just saying, who throws out their shoulder jacking off? <laughs> I just wanna. I just wanna know. I just wanna know. <laughs> oh shit! Okay, Jesus Christ! This this podcast went off the rails real damn quick. 
Anyway, guys. Yeah. What was funny is Greg was, you know, making an amendment to his notes before the show, and he said something under his breath that sounded to me like scrotum. And I said, did you just say scrotum? He's like, no, I said script. Could have sworn you said scrotum. Sorry. Just sounded like you just out of the random just scrotum. Like, what? What was that all about? Your mom's date squeaks. (laughs) Uh, Heard your your sister went out with squeaks. (laughs) Let me get to the reviews for crying out loud. I want to cry silently. (laughs) Don't we all? Don't we all? Anyway, guys, what we're reviewing today, for fuck's sake, is the finale of Moon Knight and episode six of Halo. Um, We're going to start with Halo because I watched that roughly a week ago. Um, So uh, I'm going to need like a refresher course in my mind about what happened in that episode because I don't remember every detail. Well, I have an episode synopsis pulled up on monitor Thank you. number two. That's what I was hoping for. On monitor number two. So I will roll the chair up, uh, read it, and then we'll discuss it. Okay. So bear with me a moment. Uh, this episode was called Solace. And it starts out with the surviving UNSC forces of the Eridanus mission uh, returning to Reach. Uh, UNSC has taken McKee into their custody, although she claims to have been a prisoner of the Covenant. There are sentiments of distrust and skepticism within the UNSC, considering the Covenant aren't known to take human prisoners. When Master Chief, Master Chief interrogates McKee, uh, she reveals they're both blessed ones with the ability to uh, activate, well... That might be a spoiler. Uh, it says Forerunner technology. Um, further medical testing confirms. Well, I don't know what it is. So, further medical testing confirms that Master Chief and McKee share a number of similarities in their genetic makeup uh, due to deviations in behavior demonstrated by uh, Master Chief and Kai following the removal of their emotional suppression pellets. Admiral Parangoski assigns Miranda to replace Halsey as the leader of all ongoing ONI projects. Master Chief was upset at Halsey about lying to him and his past and confronts her and he learns the true origins of the Spartan program. Who the uh, fuck wrote kid- this goddamn synopsis? They're just throwing words out. I know, I know. Kidnapping and conscripting children to serve as super soldiers, replacing them with terminally ill flash clones to alleviate suspicions and subjecting them to augmentations with the risk of deformation or death. Master Chief shares this with recovering Kai when he tests the magical artifact once more, despite warnings of possible ill effects it has on his health. He and Mickey simultaneously have uh, arrhythmias and seize up while also sharing a vision of being on a ring world together. Okay, so there's wanna, a lot there to unpack. I uh, want to throw out there immediately that the, whoever wrote that synopsis threw in two f- different phrases, that one being a spoiler to something, and two, um, Oni doesn't fucking exist in this goddamn universe. 
Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that's the first time I've heard a reference to ONI or ONI or whatever it is. It is, it is an acronym, but everyone just calls it ONI. It stands for um, um, Office of One Nation, in, One Nation Indivisible. <laughs> no. Oh, that's funny though. Good. No, I think it's in the in the games. It stands for um, Office of Naval Intelligence. Oh, okay. Well, that would make sense. Yeah, Office of Naval Intelligence. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And their logo is a fucking pyramid. Ooh. But, but they don't exist in the in the fucking in the show. If they did, they would have already fucking referenced them a multitude of times. Yeah. So this, this person who wrote the synopsis was like, "I know the games really well. Let me throw that in." Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is what happens when you use Wikipedia. Um, anybody oh. can access it. Yeah. But basically, the confrontation between Master Chief and Halsey, she was in a lab on one of the ships before they di disembarked. He, using his knowledge of specific a specific shipbuilder, knew that there was a flaw in the system. Lock, manually decree, uh, disengages the door so it locks her inside this lab. Then he goes and he activates some uh, system that's designed to keep radiation in check, which is basically going to fill the chamber that she's in with enough radiation to kill her. And he's basically doing this because he's angry that Cortana was able to shut him down. And he's like, all right, if you want her to live you make me open this door. She's like, I can't do that. He's like, I don't believe you. You make me open this door right now. Uh, that was, that was pretty intense. So uh, two things about that scene that I was, that I found really funny is um, a lot of the annoying fucking, you know, halo fanboys are, you know, so they're like chief would never do that. Chief. That's not chief's character. And I'm like, first and foremost, this is a chief from a different fucking universe. Uh, it's an adaptation. Secondly, um, he wasn't going to kill her in the goddamn first place. That was not no. his goal, nor was it ever his goal. Pay attention to the fucking show, and you'd know this. It was an intimidation tactic, and it was also a test to see, you know, if Cortana could actually do it or not. Right. Which confirmed that she couldn't, to his great relief, I'm pretty sure. But... The, the the scene that we had where Halsey was in the interrogation room and where, what's his name? Is it Captain Jacobs? Is that his commanding officer and Admiral Parangoski? They're observing through some type of mental uh, projection. I don't know what it is. They're in another room, but they're able to listen in like they're standing there through yeah. these devices on their temples. Uh, and Which, then, <laughs> straight the fuck up, new things to Halo, like... <laughs> okay, okay, so this is okay. a new technology. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I, I was watching she, it going, oh, that's cool. <laughs> she She's being interviewed by the JAG, uh, and Master Chief barges in, he's like, I need the room, you know... And he's basically questioning her about the origins of the Spartan program. 
why they took the kids, why they were kidnapped, what did they leave in their in their place? And you know, that's when he finds out we left flash clones of you and the others. And then everything would seem normal at first, and then the flash clones would start to develop nosebleeds and headaches, and then eventually they would die, and the doctors would drive it up to some seizure disorder that was previously unknown. So he's like, our parents have thought we've been dead all these years, uh, which is absolutely just, Halsey's a piece of shit. But it becomes more and more apparent how much so she is every episode. Um, but Jacobs and Perengoski, you know, they're what they're witnessing all this, and he, their their biggest fear is is she going to sell us out? You know, yeah. Because that the, the I mean, what they did with the Spartan program was in secret, and um, this is both fucking actual lore and and TV show. And uh, that getting out would not only ruin their entire career, but it would uh, undermine all the progress that they've made. So that's how I took that anyway. Well, we we see that as a result of this, that Halsey is basically made to be the scapegoat of this failed operation. And they wrest control of the Spartan program from her and it's reassigned to her daughter uh, Miranda and she is to be shipped off world to a lab on some moon where she'll be basically under house arrest but allowed to continue her experiments etc but yeah Uh, she's not happy about that uh, Master Chief has cut Cortana. He, he's basically told her to take a fucking hike. You know, leave me alone. She's like, but I'm here to help you solve problems. He says, go find one to solve. What was funny is she actually found a problem to solve by getting through the firewalls in the network uh, so she could communicate with Halsey while she's under house arrest. So that was interesting. Um the scenes with McKee were pretty cool. Um, he doesn't trust her, doesn't believe her, obviously. And she plays into that very well, I thought. Um, but when she, she's feeding him enough information like the Keystone's killing you, you know it, I know it they used to affect me the same way until I learned not to fight it and just allowed them to do what they do, whatever. And then I was able to control it. Uh, Master Chief in his anger, because the more hormonal suppression pellet, um, demands that he be allowed to access the artifact. Miranda lets him. And he goes in and he touches it and it activates and he is like his vital signs are spiking and at the same time the keys start spiking as well and 
it seems like they're about to go into car, well, like their heart rates. They're about to stroke out, go into cardiac arrest, stroke out one or the other, whichever comes first. And then all of a sudden they're suddenly calm and their vitals start balancing out and lowering and leveling off. And they're both standing in this field and there's this, this ring that's arcing over the landscape. And yeah, that's pretty much how it ended. Um, so did you notice what they were standing on at the end? They kind of show it. Um, when they were in this this halo. Yeah. So, my theory, and I don't know for sure because again, the show is doing some wildly different things than, than the games or even the books for that matter. <clears throat> um, I think that the keystone is basically showing them where the halo is. And that's why they're just standing on it. Because if you notice in the oh, background, you, you see... Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. You see like the ring in the background of it arcing over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so you're saying maybe they're on like the keyhole for the keystone to activate it? Uh, No, what I think it's doing is it's kind of like... How do I put this? The keystone has now basically because I don't think the covenant knew where the halo was either, mm -hmm. and them standing on it is just a visual representation of now when they they go back into the real world, um, they will be uh, they'll know where the keystone is, not keystone. I'm sorry, they'll know where the halo is just inherently. Well, they'll they'll know what environment to look for. I don't think they'll actually know exactly what planet or what system it's in. It would be a system for sure, or coordinates, I should say, space coordinates. Yeah, however that works. Um, I could be wrong about it. I have no idea. I genuinely don't. Um, hey, where's the halo? It's over there. The <laughs> keystone was something different in the games to begin with. Uh, I'll say this, and it's not a spoiler. In the games, the keystone was used to activate the halo. That's all I'll tell you. Well, I've already assumed as much. Yeah, like it, I, yeah, I feel like it's pretty self-explanatory if you're watching the show that 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 that's the point of the keystone. It's called a keystone for Christ's sake, but um, but yeah, so that, that's yeah, but it's there to 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 be used on the halo itself, and uh, but yeah, what was really cool about that shot was. When you're playing Halo and you're like in the first game and you look at the distance, the, the, like you see that part of the ring, you know, the ring where just does that thing and it goes over your head. Like you yeah. see it and it's fucking awesome. So the fact that we finally get to see it in the show, I was like, eee. okay. But yeah, I, it, it's it, it, the way that they, that, that, that the keystone is, is functioning is so drastically different from what I know that um like I the show's keeping me guessing. Like I I genuinely don't know the next step. 
I hope the next step is an almost an entire episode dedicated to Soren and Quan Ha because I was very pleased that we didn't have to deal with her ass any this week. It's really funny talking to most people. That's the worst part of the show. And I have to agree, even though I find it fascinating that we are. Because, again, I, like I have to ma- like the show does this and the books make it a very crucial clear thing. Even Halo Reach does this. But the Spartan program was originally created to fight insurgency. That's it. It was the entire reason for them to be created. And it wasn't until like, and then the covenant attacked and then it changed. But in the books, the games, all that kind of stuff, it's the, the insurgency isn't really ever brought up. Humans just kind of band together after that. And like, Oh, well we have this new fucking alien threat to deal with. So it's never really like touched upon as far as I know. So the fact that the show is like, going in on it i'm like this is actually pretty fucking dope yeah i just i'm not a big fan of her character oh i agree i totally agree with you her character is just bad um i saw and i don't dislike but because he's basically handcuffed to her you know anything involving him is going to involve her and that's just gonna suck yeah, I get that. I get that. But yeah, uh, not a lot else happened in this episode. A lot of exposition, uh, a lot of plot progression. A lot of plot progression. Yes. Uh, what what grade would you give this episode? Uh, a solid B plus. Um, I mean, there's a reason that I kind of forgot what happened in the episode. Like it wasn't. It, it didn't stand out like last week. Um, yeah. But it, it definitely moved things forward in a, in, a, in a progress that I think is befitting to the show. Um, and I, I'm excited to watch, you know, the episode tonight at midnight when when the episode airs. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm really impressed with the show so far. And, and, and I, I, I think if they kind of sort of abandon or, or finish up the Soren Quan storyline quickly, I think we can, you know, to be a more interesting show, but I think you got to nail it on the head. We're going <laughs> to this, this week is probably going to have a lot of them and it's not fair. It's not fair. Makes uh, me sad. <laughs> but um, yeah, as this long time fucking halo fan, I I'm, I'm really impressed with how they've taken what, you know, the, the curtain, the curtain knowledge that I Kirk to, current current knowledge that i have and are keeping me guessing what's going to happen next it's 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 fun i that's that's another thing that i want to kind of mention before you get to your review or your uh grade is why do we have this generation of people that feel so entitled with what they have nostalgia with maybe not generation it's it's everybody everybody fucking does this shit um but only their nostalgia like most people that enjoy the mcu i don't think have fucking picked up a comic in their life and and that's why the mcu is popular and the people that are bitchy like nobody but that's the thing nobody's watching the mcu and going no, nobody, nobody's significant anyway. And going, well, it sucks because it's not like the comic. Nobody's doing that. Everyone just kind of accepts the MCU for what it is. Like, 
straight the fuck up. We're about to talk about Moon Knight. And it is not comic book accurate. There's a few things that are, but most of it is not. They're just, you know, utilizing a lot from the comics and then making their own thing. Why can't Halo do that? Why is that an impossible thing? I don't fucking get it. No, I understand. That's a Stepping fair question. Stepping uh, off uh, well, it's a, it's a frustrating thing. And, you know, it, it correlates to all facets of entertainment uh, and all facets of our lives. Like, for instance, you know, I'm a collector. We know this. We see a part of a collection behind me. I'm a big fan of Transformers. Guess what? Transformers aren't even my most favorite thing in the world. They're not. But I love the collection aspect of it. Is it, uh, is it because of the cartoon? Did I love the cartoon that much? Nope. I really just I enjoy the toys. These are high-end collectible things, but they're fucking toys, and I enjoy them. And they're there are a bunch of people out there that also love them, but we're a fringe of the overall collecting community. Like the mainline Hasbro stuff, we make up the the third party and masterpiece scale collectors make up maybe maybe five to ten percent of actual Transformers fans, but yet a lot of us in the community act like we're so entitled it's like that in fandoms you know it's like that in just about every fandom you've encountered Mm -hmm. uh today being star wars day there's going to be that group that that think they deserve x when you know there's a larger much larger global population that enjoys it for what it is than the the, people that fucking like nitpick you know what i'm saying there's 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 this fun dichotomy of fans where you have the people that grew up on the original trilogy and they're like the original trilogy is the best and then you have the kids that grew up that were born in the late 90s and they watch the 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 prequels and they're like the prequels are the best and they have this fun nostalgia well, guess the fuck what, people? There are kids that were born in t- in twenty ten who've watched the new fucking Star Wars movies, and that's going to be their nostalgia in fifteen years from now. I don't think you fucking understand how nostalgia works. Just because you have a fondness for something doesn't mean everyone else is going to, and the younger generation is going to look at you like you're fucking weird. And the cycle continues and continues and continues because nobody wants to actually have this proper thought in their goddamn head about how nostalgia should work it's fine that you look at something with fondness but the second that you tell somebody else that their fondness i don't really like toby Maguire or spider-man but there are a bunch of kids that were born in the mid 90s that look at those three movies like they're the best spider-man things on the planet and i disagree with it but i'm not going to tell a single fucking one of them that they're wrong that's not how fandom works. Being a fan of something is not telling another fan that they're wrong because they enjoy something. Sit the fuck down. Shut the fuck up. 
Greg's on his soapbox. I hate it. I hate it so goddamn much. I hate when people come in and they're like, my nostalgia is more important than your nostalgia. The cartoons that were on Cartoon Network in the late or the early 2000s are better than what's on Cartoon Network now. No, the fuck it isn't. No, the fuck it isn't. Storytelling has gotten more complex and layered over the years. And cartoons today are not just a vehicle to sell toys like they were in the 80s. Go back and watch those 80s shows. They're not great. Hey, buddy. Where'd you go? This is why I like the Halo show. They're doing something different, and they're really, they're allowing a lot of people who didn't enjoy, who didn't play the games to enjoy Halo in a different format. Um, it still has the spirit of Halo, and that's what's important. Yes, it's not an action show in its core because it doesn't fucking need to be. It's not a goddamn video game. It's a TV show. Yeah. And, you know, me having no experience whatsoever other than knowing Master Chief and Cortana essentially were characters and that he was a Spartan. That's the only things I knew prior to this show. Guess what? I'm enjoying the fuck out of this show. And does it make me want to go and play the video games any? No. But I have that option if I wanted to. But I'm not a big fan of first-person shooters. Uh, but if there's a good story, you know, that's a different story, but that's, I'm that's enjoying also, the story that I'm being told. That's also a massive argument that I have in regards to the Halo story and what we're being presented with. Most of the fucking game is go from point B to point C, go from point F to point G. That's it. That's the game occasionally you get some story you could probably take the first halo game boil it down to maybe 30 minutes of story and if you don't fucking believe me you can find that shit on youtube i'm not fucking like i'm not making some shit up halo 2 has more story than halo 1 for sure because they tried to make it more narrative so there's there's maybe an hour and a half like you could make that into a movie um and halo 3 being the same as halo 2 and then every subsequent halo game after that more so into that category um, but that's, that's how video games work. That's the narrative structure of a video game. You, you have to do it that way because you have to give the interactive part to the player. You have to let them play the game. You don't do that with a TV show. You don't do that with a movie. I don't want what I've seen in a comic book to translate to screen. We've seen that with fucking Watchmen. I'm sorry, Maya. I, I, uh, <laughs> What grade would you give this episode of Halo? Yeah, I, I give it a B. It was solid. Uh, I enjoyed it. It, it, it advanced the plot forward. It, um, you know, it, uh, it answered some questions. It left questions uh, in their place to yet be answered. It was, what are you doing? My goodness, what are you doing? I'm trying to buy nobody. Um, Captain Barbados, the kitty. Barbatos. Yeah. Say Barbatos. Say it. Oh, okay. Ah, you fucker. But yeah, yeah, I'm enjoying a lot. You know, I know it's different from the games. I know it's telling a different story than what the books. Are. It's utilizing that's what a lot of that lore, though. Like it. It's, it yeah. Uh, this, it's, 
this episode had a thing in it that was directly from one of the books, but I don't remember what it was. I just remember seeing it being like, oh, that's rad. And I told Dad about it. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yeah, it, it's an adaptation. Let oh, it be its I, thing. That's what it was. Do you remember when they're, uh, the, the other Spartans are in that room and there's like that big weapon that's kind of like a hologram in the middle yeah. table? That's a Spartan laser. A Spartan laser is a powerful fucking weapon in the Halo franchise. Talking so. about how many charges were left in it or what percentage it had left in it. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was a cool little like Easter eggy thing for me. I was like, yeah, it's a Spartan laser. Yay. So that's what it was. Sorry. I just wanted to. Oh, hey, you're fine. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's essentially done. You know, I'm enjoying it. Uh, I'll give this episode a B and it's visually appealing. It's, it's, yeah, it's hitting all the right buttons for me. I just wish people wouldn't be so critical and so harsh of it because it's a lot of fun. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, it's, it's been it's been an awesome show, and I, I I I'm very excited to watch the last three episodes. But uh, yeah, yeah. Why don't we go ahead and move on to Moon Knight finale? Yeah, this was wild. Uh, I'm surprised it was as short as it was, to be honest. I mean, I, that's the thing is, is I feel like they, for the sake of the show, they wrote like four episodes of a plot, maybe like a long movie's worth, and then kind of had to shoehorn some more shit into it because um, this episode definitely felt like it was the finale to a movie, you know? Yeah, yeah, it had it had definitely had a blockbuster top feel to it. Especially with Ahmed and fucking Conchu. Uh, yeah, I was like, Jesus <clears throat> Christ. Um, right, well let me let me read the synopsis here and hopefully it wasn't written by a fanboy. Um <laughs> <clears throat> uh, Layla this is called Gods and Monsters, uh the final episode. Um, starts out, it says, Layla receives a message from Tolerette, uh, telling her to find a release Conchu so he can revive Mark. Harrow, uh, uses Amit's power to slaughter other Egyptian gods' avatars in the Chamber of the Gods before releasing Amit, who chooses him to be her new avatar. Uh, Layla, who has kind of, you know, snuck in and infiltrated Harrow's group, she observes this. And while she's there, she finds Khonshu's Ushabti and breaks it, releasing him. Uh, he re she refuses to become his avatar, so he confronts Ahmed alone, but is overpowered. Uh, Mark, in the meantime, refuses to stay in the field of reeds by himself. Uh, he's like, what about Steven? He deserves to be here, too. And he goes back and finds Steven. And as he does, he's telling Stephen, basically, he's like, I'm sorry I couldn't protect you. I'm sorry I couldn't keep you safe. You know, and as he is slowly turning to Sam like Stephen was, he's reaching out to him. And they're kind of like both cradling the heart like this. Uh, and then they're suddenly, re suddenly reverted back from sand. It's like... The intervention of Osiris uh, has 
that's that's what I think it was anyway, because Tarette comes in, she's like Osiris, you old softy. Uh, so I'm going to assume he allowed them to come back to life. Because I think that's what the doors were, because the um, I remember Tarawit saying that those were the doors of Osiris or the gate of Osiris or something like that. Yeah, time. yeah, and basically there's no return beyond those doors, and yet here they are, they've returned. So, yeah, I'm going to assume that has part to do with it. Um, as a result, though, they're being freed. Kanchu becomes aware that Mark's still alive, and he basically goes to Mark and he's like, well, how you doing? <laughs> uh, basically he's like working out a deal and Steven sits down and he's like, okay, how's this going to work now? He's like, I'm not, we're not, she's like, people are dying and you're wanting to have this conversation now. He's like, yeah, we're going to have this conversation now. You know, after we do this for you and we stop on it, we go free, right? He's like, fine. Yes, I agree. You two go free. Um, which is important. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden they're like, how do we get to Cairo from here? He's like, well, you are the Moon Knight. And basically he makes it <coughs> night and Moon Knight starts flying towards Cairo in the that didn't was didn't know didn't know he could fly <laughs> didn't either didn't either but hey i'm it was cool i wonder um, if it was flying or just like heavily assisted gliding <laughs> probably heavily assisted very fast gliding yeah. um while this is going on layla basically towerette presents herself to her and she, layla agrees to become her temporary avatar she's like, oh, I've got the perfect costume. And all of a sudden, she's like, got a costume with wings under the underarms and that act like bulletproof shields. And she's got some strength to her. And, you know, I don't know what she's called in this form, if that's a comic book thing. I know so little. So I had, I had to look it up because I was I was very curious about it. First off, Layla Alfohi Afui does not exist in the comics. She just doesn't. So her being Tarawet's uh, avatar and gaining those powers, completely unique to the MCU. Okay. Like I even looked up like MCU Tarawet avatar, and like nothing came up. So. Hmm. As far as I can tell, I mean, again, if there's somebody else who's a big Moon Knight fan who knows some more shit than I do or Maya does, let, let us, know. us know, please. But yeah, so Mark and Steven in their body in the Moon Knight Celestial Armor are making their way back to Cairo. Khonshu is fighting Amit. Amit is feeding on souls that Harrow and his followers are basically ripping from people and they're flowing into Amit and Amit's growing in stature and size. Uh, so we've got a giant crocodile lady fighting a giant bird head, bird skull <clears throat> man, you know, at next to the fucking great pyramids. This is just wild as hell. They're just going at each other. And she's like, why are you fighting me? We want the same things. He's like, 
you're not giving them a choice. I only punish after they have chosen evil. That's the key difference. Um, we see uh, Harrow, who, you know, he's been granted, you know, some of Ovid's powers as, as her avatar. So he's fighting Layla. Mark shows up. Mark and Steven show up. So now it's a two versus one situation there. And it's a pretty cool big blockbuster action fight. Uh, we see Layla get basically uh, she's she's. she's I would say uh, it was a cross between like Falcon and Wonder Woman. Like that's yeah yeah, but she's disengaged from the fight. She's she's trapped. Uh, like she's pinned somehow to a vehicle and she can't get free and uh, by moon Knight's crescent yeah because it, it was deflected a, yeah it got deflected off a of harrow's staff uh hammer staff that he has that was wild how that one side just opened up into an axe yeah i was like i was like oh okay all right shit <laughs> um but basically harrow gets the upper hand on mark and he's getting ready to kill him and then the next thing you know he blacks out we wake up we see harrow bloodied and beaten and mark's holding the axe to his head and they're like okay now we can bind Amit to harrow and eliminate him once and for all so Layla and Mark take Harrow's unconscious body into the chamber of the gods inside the pyramid. They start chanting the spell to basically bind Amit into the mortal body of Harrow, which they succeed in doing. Then Khonshu's like, all right, finish them both off for good. To which Mark says, no, I'm not doing it. I don't have to do this. You agreed to let me and Steven go now. You want him dead. You want her dead. You do it. So he's like, very well. And he sets them free. And then it shows a scene back in Steven's apartment. Uh, he wakes up. Mark wakes up. And he's like, Steven, are you well, there? He's well, like, yeah. Well, before, before. No. Yeah, before, before that. Sorry. We see a scene of Stephen in Harrow's therapist office when Harrow was the, the therapist and Stephen slash Mark were the patients. And he's like, you see, none of that was real. He's like, no, it was absolutely real. And then Mark steps in. He's like, you don't believe in Amit and Khonshu and everything that happened? Why are you bleeding in? Because he's he's bleeding from his feet, his footsteps when he was walking around and wearing Crocs, by the way, which I thought was just funny <laughs> as shit. Because you know, crocodile god, right? Um, it's clever. Yeah, he's like, how did that scene turn out again? He uh, he walks to his desk, and um, Mark and Stephen keep swapping in and out really rapidly, telling Harrow that. Um, uh, that none of what none of that particular like inside the asylum is real, and yeah, that, 
um, they just go, uh, you don't believe in, in any of this. You'll see. And then they fall backwards. And as they like, that's basically right. hit the ground, they're in bed. That's right. That's right. And that's when Mark wakes up in Steven's flat. Yeah. And he's like, Steven, are you there? And he's like, yeah. And then they get up. And boom, they trip and fall, and you see the sand around the bed, and he's still tethered at the ankle. But there's two goldfish now uh, in the aquarium, and, you know, roll credits. And I was like, huh. My immediate first thought. My immediate first thought was like, we're Marvel. We're not moving. We're we're watching the Marvel thing. We're not moving. (laughs) Yeah, I always watch the credits, you know, just in case. And I was like, there better be something. And there was. Uh, we see, basically, we see Harrow uh, in a mental institution. And we see somebody come and tell his nurse, I've got him. I'm going to take him wherever. Now, instead of taking him to his room or to another activity or what have you, wheels him and puts him into the back of a white limousine, shuts the door. And Harrow looks, he's like, oh, Kanshu. And he's like, you can't hurt me. He's like, oh, I know. But have I introduced you to my friend? Uh, he's like, well, you know, I, I know Mark and Stephen uh, aren't helping you anymore. He's like, oh, they're a lot more troubled than they realized. Have you met my friend Jake here? <laughs> and the window glass is Jake Lockley. It's the, the other altar. Yep. So we finally see Jake introduced, which was cool. And then Jake just pulls a gun out and just you see flashes inside the limo. Boom. Implying that he kills Harrow. Yep. And therefore I'm it. And then the credits continue to finish. I was like, all right, that's a much better ending. <laughs> yeah, I, I they had to because like those like to, to leave it on that note with them in the room would have been kind of disappointing, and I'm so fucking happy that they didn't end it there because like it wasn't confirmed Harrow was dead, it just wasn't, mm-hmm. um, or that like he was that he couldn't come back. So, I was, and I knew that like I knew that Ethan Hawke had made a comment that this was the only season he was doing. So I was like, I was like, there's no way they're bringing Harrow back. So I'm glad that that that's what we saw. A lot of fun, oh, a lot God, of fun, so good. and I was initially like disappointed in the ending, but with that extra credit scene, I was I was like, okay, now I'm satisfied. Now I'm very yeah. satisfied, and they left it open for another season, and. I think they've already said this week that it wasn't the series finale because we thought it was a one shot. It was just the season finale. So implying there's a second season. Yep. Which this, the, this, the finale also implies that there's a second season, but my curiosity Mm -hmm. is like, will we get a second season next year or will Moon Knight show up in another movie? Like how, how will we see Moon Knight again? Where will we see? Yeah. That's our favorite little DID superhero. That's that's the big question. Uh, and, you know, it's fun to speculate. Yeah. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching Steven as Mr. Knight fucking absolutely destroy dudes with the with the sticks. Like, that was too yeah. much fun. Also, really cool to see, like, 
Stephen and and Mark be in such synchronicity that they can swap in and out of you know who's who's uh, who's fronting, um, whether it be Mister Nut or Moon Nut, yeah. Whether they're they're at the forefront or they just it's like snap of a finger with ease, and it was great to see that. Yeah, it's like all right, these guys have found their rhythm. They know how to work together. They complement each other. This is great. It was but awesome. of course now now Jake's there. <laughs> so uh, I've I've seen a couple Moon Knight fans, uh, especially through TikTok, talk about how in more recent comics there is a Moon Knight costume where he's a lot more brutal and ruthless. Um, and there's a lot more black in the costume. Yeah. So I'm hoping a lot of people are hoping that's the that's the the outfit that Jake Lockley gets. But we didn't see that, so you know maybe next season. It's like a black base body with like white boots and gloves and a white cowl and cape. Yeah. It looks awesome. Like it looks. Yeah, bad. it does. It also, does. I've, un- seen, I've seen the Marvel legends figure of that. It looks cool. Unlike halo, this show actually makes me want to read the comic. Yes. I want to pick up some moon Knight comics and just check them out. Like I've already played Halo, so that's the, but but <laughs> you, you but, understood exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, because I made the reference that while I'm enjoying the Halo show, it doesn't make me want to play the Halo game. Right. This makes me want to know more about Moon Knight. It makes me want to read up on it, and that's the hallmark of a good adaptation of whatever it is, whatever story you're telling. If it makes you want more of it from a different source whether it was the source that it's paying homage to or just another version of it, however you want to look at it, it makes me want to basically consume more of it, consume more of that content. Right, right. And I, it's a lot of fun. It's it's a blast. It's It's been the past six weeks with the show have been enthralling through and through. Uh, I think that's something that Marvel can kind of nail for the most part. Because as you and I have discussed before, superheroes are fun, but they're more fun when you make them have like legit issues, right? Yeah. Um, and I don't mean to say DID is an issue. I mean like... uh bringing the stakes up, making them human, making them flawed. Like that's, that's what makes these characters more entertaining. Um, uh, Spider-Man being one of my favorite superheroes of all time is because he's not, he's not like every other hero, you know, he, uh, I don't want to watch a God be perfect. That's what I mean. If I'm watching a god, well, I'd like them to be imperfect. There's, there's, <laughs> no, there's no such thing as a perfect god. Right. Which I mean, oh, I makes said me, it. What you gonna do? Which makes me excited for uh, Thor Love and Thunder because that's the entire plot of that movie. Presumably. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm really happy with Moon Knight. I, I think that it was a uh, an extremely successful show and um in terms of like what it can do and 
when you let somebody kind of just like, that's what I love about Kevin Feige too, is that he comes in and he says, here's the baseline of where we need you to take the show. Right. Like we want Moon Knight to be here later and we want this to kind of play in, but everything else is you. I think that's what makes Marvel so much more special than anything DC's doing right now is the guy that wrote and directed this show. He, he, he had so much free range to do whatever he wanted. And I think a lot of directors that work on Marvel projects who, who leave because of creative differences kind of miss the point on that. So like, I know that John Watts walked away from a recent Marvel project. What was it? Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four, yeah. From, from Due to creative differences. Which is so odd to me because he made three Spider-Man movies that had to tie into the MCU. So what fucking creative differences were there that were bothering him? Yeah, he must have had something that he wanted to do that Marvel was like, absolutely not. It's got to be done this way instead. That's the only thing I can see. And, and which is so bizarre again, cause uh, you know, like how do you go from one, but not the, I just, it's just, it's just bizarre to me, but I know that like Edgar Wright left the Ant-Man show or the movie because he didn't want it to tie into the MCU. Like that was his big thing. Um, he said this in like a small interview. He was like, I just, you know, I wanted my version of Ant-Man, but they needed something that worked for the overall picture. Like, and he goes, I get it. That's how the comics work. So why not make the movies do that? But he's like, that's not what I wanted to do. So I, I backed off and he goes, and it's a great movie. Paul Rudd's fantastic. So he had like a positive outlook on it, but yeah, yeah. He wasn't bitter or upset or anything. And I mean, I can't imagine you know Edgar Wright being bitter or upset. I mean, no, no. I imagine he, if he had been able to make his version of Ant Man, there would have been, it would have been part of the fucking Cornetto universe. So, <laughs> yeah. Which it's it's all that's another thing that's so weird is that like he made his own little like universe that exists within itself, but is like, no, nah, I don't want to be. I don't want my other movies to be a part of this other big universe. It's just very bizarre. But, but he's not angry about it. That's the, no. that's the most important takeaway here. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, why don't we go ahead and give the finale a grade? I'm going to oh, start it off in A+. I was going to say the exact same. I figured. <laughs> It'd be weird if anyone gives us less than an A+. And I'd love to hear their opinion. As a matter of fact, if you didn't think this show was an A+, let us know. Yeah, overall as a series, I think each episode just progressed getting better and better and better and the build-up was that the fucking peak of it was at the end of episode five and then we see this blockbuster finale uh just boom um so the payoff was worth it uh the it was a very satisfying incredibly well acted I mean, we got somebody with the talents Oscar of Oscar Isaac. Isaac. It's unreal yeah. how well he did. And Ethan Hawke, I mean, Can't go wrong he was amazing. Hawk, he was amazing as Arthur Harrow. Yeah. Uh, the supporting cast, you know, forgive me for not knowing the actress that plays Layla's name off the top of my head. She was very good, too. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously, Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke are sh the shining stars of this production. And any scene that either one of them are in 
was gold. Any scenes where they were together, absolute fucking gold. Yeah. So yeah, this this whole series, you know, this episode in the series, just a fucking plus. So this has been a lot of fun. Another show and, that another thing this show did that I want to commend it for that a lot of shows struggle with is building like episode one. You are you have a fuck ton of questions. And episode one did a very, very smart, well done balance of um question asked, question answered, question asked, question answered, then question asked, and question asked, and question asked. And so then you go into the second episode going, I hope they answer half of those questions, right? And uh, But also making it fun. Like, you're just kind of, like, enjoying the ride. And then episode two comes in, and it goes question answered, question answered, question answered, question asked, question asked, question asked. Then episode three does the same thing. And so throughout the entire series, every episode, you're going, oh, oh, shit. Oh, okay. Wait, what the fuck? Wait, what the fuck? Wait, what the fuck? And then you're fucking, you're hooked, right? You want to go to the next episode. And the final episode does brilliantly, oh, 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 that's awesome. Oh, that's rad. Oh, fuck, that's awesome. Wait, what the fuck? Oh, wait, that's rad. I can't wait for season two. It's fucking brilliantly put together. So that's what I want to commend it for. (laughs) Yeah. This is a lot of fun. Highly recommend this show. Check it out. It's so far, uh, like next to Loki, my favorite MCU show. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know how I would compare it to Loki. I loved Loki. Oh, I, loved One Division. Like, I was like, you can't compare any of the shows because they're not. But, none of them have the but same. But I love this as well. But to rank them, which one do I love more? I don't think I can do that. I just love it for being what it is its own thing even though it doesn't seemingly tie into anything yet yet being the key word but yeah highly recommend you check this show out if you haven't already and if you haven't already what's wrong with you (laughs) we love marvel over here we love we love superheroes so speaking of um next week everybody we're going to be reviewing uh, obviously we're going to be reviewing, uh, episode seven of Halo. Um, but we're also going to be reviewing Dr. Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. As Maya said at the top of the show that her and her family are going to go see that on, uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Uh, I also Which have a ticket be yesterday. For... Yeah. Publishing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've already seen it. What do you think about that? That's true. But you can't hear uh, our thoughts on it for another week. <laughs> but much like No Way Home, we're going to throw it in here because I know that we're both excited about it. So I did have a small thing spoiled for me, by the way. Um, I was scrolling down uh, uh, YouTube and somebody put up like a blurry picture. Um, so it is a character. I won't say because I don't want to spoil it for you. But it was blurry. So whoever's playing this character, I couldn't tell. Um, but uh, that's the thing also, guys, about the multiverse. You can go fucking buck wild with the multiverse. It is an endless well of possibilities. Like, think about that scene in Loki where Loki opens the hatch and you see all those different Lokis. Literally every single Loki in that picture, but three are for are, are brand spanking new. None of them are from the comics. Because you yeah. can do that with the multiverse. That's the point of the multiverse. You can just do whatever the fuck you want. It's great. 
Um, again, why I'm excited for the fucking sequels to into the uh, the, the Spider Verse movies. Like, uh, it's just it's just so much fun, guys. It's just so much fun. I love multiversal stuff. Go see everywhere, everything, all at once. It's also a multiversal movie. It's great. Uh. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, but that's it. Uh, also, everybody, um, we have what nine entries into the uh summer movie wager uh yeah we everybody that sent an email or messaged me directly i've got your entries uh you are officially entered uh i either responded to you via messenger or email that you were entered uh, everybody that did submit entries submitted them correctly if you did submit an entry and didn't submit it correctly uh you know sorry you had until midnight on May 3rd. Um, I mean, you can submit them now if you want. You can submit I, them now. But you're not part of the, the running. Like, you're not. You're you, just yeah, it. you can still submit it for fun, but you wouldn't be in contention for one of the prizes is what yeah. I'm saying. That's what, what, saying. I, yeah, that's what, that's what I was trying to say, too. <clears throat> uh, but, yeah, so that'll be Well, fun I'll now. tell you what. I'll tell you what, if they get them in by midnight tonight because Doctor Strange hasn't officially started playing. By well, I was of... also thinking, I was thinking because this airs on Friday is what I was saying. Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. If you, but if you any, anything, them... anything by midnight, the day we recorded the Wednesday, I'll, I'll take, but anything past that, I won't. Right. But they won't hear this until Friday. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll, we're going to try to put out a thing today. Like you're going to, you'll probably have seen our, our post, but we'll try to put up a thing to last minute entries to or whatever so um which i really need to do i'm so fucking lazy on that shit but i also have a lot on my plate right now um speaking yeah. of plates i'm a hungry motherfucker yeah i know i want to finish up here um make sure you follow us on all socials listed below that's what we'll try to keep you updated if we add anything to watch so you can keep up with what we're watching but i don't think that's going to happen this week uh, check out the Teespring store um, if you want uh, some merch like a T-shirt, a pint glass, a coffee mug, or even just a sticker. And all proceeds go directly into making this show the best it possibly can be. Um, uh, to watch the live video of today's podcast, watch me fucking rage out about the people and their dumb nostalgia, uh, head on over to our YouTube channel, which is just all queued up. Uh, the link is also below. Um, go give that a like and a follow. helps us out. Uh, if you're uh, looking for more podcasts to listen to, go check out the Nirvana Network. Uh, plenty of wonderful shows with great people, awesome conversations. Uh, love those people over there. Uh, that link is also down below. Go check that out. Uh, and that's it for my notes. Maya, where can folks find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook under my name, Maya Dawn Fisher. Uh, it's a public profile. It's also linked to my Twitter and Instagram profiles. So if you want to follow me on all three places, you can do so from one location. How's that for convenience? Uh, if you want to catch me on additional shows, you can catch me on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel on Wednesdays, uh, every other Wednesday on a show called Figure Banging that airs at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. It's an action figure review show. It's live. We interact with the chat and joke around. It's a lot of fun. Check it out sometime if that's your thing. That's me. What about you, Greg? Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at or under Jesus. You can find me as Chub Rock. You can find you under socials. Jesus. <laughs> Look, you, you wouldn't believe me if Jesus? I told you, but Jesus, Jesus is a fucking is a power top. I don't know what to tell you. Huh. Um, <laughs> you can find me at uh, as Chub Rock Geek under all socials. 
Um, I also do uh, video game talks with my buddy Anthony from time to time. If you want to listen to that, we haven't done one in a hot minute, but uh, go check that out on Mission Start Podcast or Mission Start Tubes on YouTube. Um, also, check out our YouTube channel. I, I need to do a couple. I, 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 I've been busy, so I apologize. But uh, you can check out my solo reviews on our YouTube channel as well. Um, that's it, and that's all. Again, Halo Episode 7, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Very excited for both. Check those out. Join us next week. Thank you so much for listening. Take care, everybody.